The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. The community of Marsh Chapel greets you as we begin this service of worship. Marsh Chapel, a heart for the heart of the city and a service in the service of the city devoted to modes of ministry in voice, vocation, and volume. The liturgy, music, and homily this morning are offered in the praise of God and as a gift to our neighbor on WBUR 90.9 FM radio across New England, here in the chapel at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, and around the world at WBUR.org. We invite your prayerful and material support, your decisions about ministry in our midst, your responses, written or emailed, and especially as the Spirit moves, your presence come Sunday. We celebrate the gift of thanksgiving this morning as we are able May we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy for giving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ our Savior who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the second epistle of Paul to Timothy, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of the testimony about our Lord, or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and now it has been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason, I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. The word of the Lord.
Please join me in reading Psalm 100 with the Antiphon. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into God's presence with singing. Know that the Lord who made us is God. We are the Lord's. We are the people of God, the sheep of God's pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving and God's courts with praise. Give thanks and bless God's name. For the Lord is good. God said that love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Please stand as you are able, but certainly in spirit, for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel lesson. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Los apóstoles dijeron al Señor, Aumentanos la fe. Entonces el Señor dijo, Si tuvieseis fe como un grano de mostaza, diríais a este sicómoro, Desarraigate y plántate en el mar y el árbol os obedecería. ¿Y quién de vosotros, teniendo un siervo que ara o apacienta, al volver este del campo le dirá, pasa, siéntate a la mesa? Más bien le dirá, prepara para que los yo cene, siñete y sírveme hasta que yo haya comido y bebido. Después de eso, Come y bebe tú. 
da gracias al siervo porque hizo lo que le había sido mandado? Así también vosotros, cuando hayáis hecho todo lo que se os ha mandado decir, siervos inútiles somos, porque solo hicimos lo que debíamos hacer. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Eucharist means Thanksgiving, our sacrament of remembrance. That was the sermon of September 5th, and our sacrament of presence, that will be the sermon of November 7th, is also the sacrament of Thanksgiving, which is our sermon today for World Communion Sunday. Are you a grateful person? Does your day begin with a whisper a word of thanks for all that is? Does the mealtime which punctuates each, each day begin with a silence or a gesture or a meditation of gratitude? Does, as the covers are turned down, does the day end at twilight with a thanks be to God? Does your week begin with a moment of thanksgiving as in a service of worship or some other similar gathering? Do the days which bring reason for notes and words of remembrance and gratitude, is there space and time in your life? And when your work is done, is there a place, is there a table at which you can rest to give thanks? One dear 18-year-old student in innocent eloquence this week said, it's a beautiful sentence in American English, I try to be a grateful person. And you? Gratitude requires a gathered community, a living community, a particular, a particular language, and a personal experience. You are gathered in a community of faith centered on thanksgiving. The Bible tells us so. The writer, a student of Paul, 2 Timothy, rings out as the passage begins, I am grateful. The, the 100th Psalm, one of the great choruses of faith, Psalms are either laments or thanksgiving. Thanksgivings, today we have appropriately, appropriately a full thanksgiving, sings out a word of gratitude in our gospel today about outside and inside takes you to the marrow of the inward journey which is the Eucharist. Now, for those of you who may have missed a phrase or two in today's World Communion reading of the gospel in Spanish, let me say again that this is an account, Luke 17, of a slave who works all the live-long day in the field and then comes home and is asked to set a table. It is a teaching about fieldwork and homework. And the good news is, and the challenge of the gospel is, your fieldwork is not a substitute for your domestic duties. Wednesday does not substitute for Sunday, 
The outward journey is not a replacement for the inward journey, and plow and furrow are not a replacement for linen and table and candle and inward being. That is, your fieldwork does not replace your domestic duties. You have at the heart of the inward journey is an experience, a language, and a community of thanksgiving. We might remember St. Augustine who put it this way, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. Or we could, in this chancel, remember John Wesley who said, I found my heart finally and finally, he said, strangely warmed. Or Friedrich Schleiermacher who spoke of and wrote of a feeling, not an emotion, a sense, a feeling of absolute dependence. Or Tillich who preached about accepting your own acceptance. Or Howard Thurman who spoke about the sense of timelessness. Or Miguel de Unamuno speaking particularly to an academic community. After all, he lived in a fine academic community in Salamanca most of his life. It takes one to know one, said he. Warmth, warmth, warmth. We are dying of cold, not of darkness. It is not the night that kills. It is the frost. That is, it is not the night of unknowing that kills. It is the frost of unloving. Now we in the academic community have reason in gratitude to hear this. I mean we spend our time writing articles, preparing monographs, writing books, and sometimes we get to that sense that if we can just write it out we won't have to live it through. Nothing could be further from the truth. Understanding is good. Overcoming is great. It is not the night that kills. It is the frost. Joan Chittister and Rowan Williams have recently written a book titled Uncommon Gratitude. She asks him in the opening of the book, what is it about the spiritual life that holds you day by day, and he said it's an ongoing meditation on the single word, Alleluia. Are you a grateful person? A community alone won't bring gratitude. Thanksgiving also requires a particular language, you know, for all of its faults. Some years ago, George Lindbeck's book on the do nature of doctrine did remind us that we do to some degree, learn faith like we learn language, one preposition at a time, one concept at a time, one experience at a time. We grow in our capacity to give thanks as we learn the language of thanks. Jonathan Franzen's new novel titled Freedom is about what he says in part is about the loss of the real things in our time. They're slipping away, says he. The honest, the authentic things, they're dying off. Almost 
a similar reminder to our gospel, your fieldwork is no substitute for your homework. The day is followed by the evening as well. We've had some incidents in our culture and even in student cultures that concern us, especially this week with a harsh and harrowing, so tragic experience from our poor young man atop the George Washington Bridge. Student culture can be degenerate, unkind, graceless. So can most of the rest of culture. Students don't have a market, a corner on the market of such difficulties. But we are called in the life of the community of faith to influence the culture around us with forms of kindness and a language of gratitude. Perhaps you noticed as we did that the capacity to remember religious terms and language is not overly great in this country. Where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. Who instigated the Protestant Reformation? Luther. Who received the Ten Commandments? Moses. In case you didn't know, I bring them, but religious literacy shows that more than half can't easily answer, except the atheists and agnostics who do very well. We have some language development to attend to. Gratitude comes by hearing and seeing the language of faith lived. Sometimes people wonder, should we bring our children to church and worship? And while there are many fine responses to that good question, especially in a context like ours where there is no cultural expectation of such, we might at least point out that children are not always naturally grateful. They, we, benefit from the examples and voices of others like the dear older saint who said once, if you see a turtle atop a fence post, you can be pretty sure he didn't get there on his own. It's a recognition of gratitude a community, and a language of thanksgiving. You have it. Community and listenership of Marsh Chapel, you live in thanksgiving. Your faces and your voices show it each Sunday. And you've lived through a decade of other language in terms. Just listen to the terms of the last 10 years. Y2K, dangling Chad. 9-11, shock and awe, collateral damage, housing bubble, credit default swap, leveraged speculation, bursting bubble, hope and change, great recession, jobless recovery. This has been one anxiety-ridden decade past, but here you are, Sun, come Sunday, to sing again with Rowan Williams, the song of the church, and focus for a moment on the word Alleluia, 
giving our voice in thanksgiving. Community and language bring us a sense of thanksgiving. But you know there's nothing like personal, personal experience to teach us. We had an English teacher who said once his words had an ominous ring. There are some things that should not have to be learned from experience, and right he was. And yet, in experience, particularly in the inward journey, the interior, invisible, inside work, we grow best through our own experience. Four years ago, a friend and I went house to house in a sprawling suburb, completing a capital campaign to offer those of our fellowship the opportunity to support the work, those who hadn't yet had that chance. And we went from one large new house, beautiful they were, to another large new house, beautiful they were. My friend could tell me the, the cost, the value of each. It astounded me. But do you know when on occasion we were invited in, sometimes, not always, these new homes owned by young adults, young couples, beautiful grass and lawn, beautiful driveway, nice exterior, hardly anything inside, hardly a piece of furniture inside. They could afford the mortgage, but that was it. And I wonder now how many are in foreclosure. And I wonder further, more deeply, whether the real foreclosure of our time is not so much constructed as it is spiritual. Think about it for a moment. Just how many of our lives have manicured lawns, so to speak, and covered driveways, so to speak, and lovely exteriors, so to speak, and the mortgage, more or less, is paid. Our fieldwork is done, but inside, emptiness. Not a table, not a scrap of linen or a candle or a way to give thanks morning, afternoon, and evening. We are in a time perhaps more of a, a spiritual foreclosure. I wonder about the students who are here with a kind of subsidized freedom provided by their parents. How do we and all gain a heart of gratitude? I wonder about young adults who are giving themselves week by month by year to the building of the exterior in life but have an interior of emptiness. And I wonder about those who have been given education and preparation and now position and need to find a way to cultivate the inward journey. Job and profession and computer and desk, calendar and all, are no substitute for soul, spirit, heart, the inward journey of faith. That's what the Gospel of Luke 17 reminds us. Now there will be among us some pragmatists or some Methodists or some pragmatic Methodists who will ask, and just how do I find, Dean Hill, the way toward that interior life? Well, 
If the root of the spiritual life and the inward journey is thanksgiving, gratitude, which it is, you might start with the giving in thanksgiving. I am confident that if you in your own experience will imagine and then provide a gift, real, costly, and spot-on to someone, you will know fully the feeling, not emotion, the sense of gratitude, which is the heart of our word and table today. My wife went to a worship service elsewhere this summer in a church that had dispensed with the offering, the offertory, and the offertory plates. And she came back incensed. I don't think it was only her Scottish background and inheritance. And she said, there's something missing. And that is the heart of thanksgiving, is a capacity to know the joy of giving. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into God's presence with singing. May this community, may your developing tongue, may your personal experience be rooted and grounded in the giving that gives life to thanksgiving. Amen.
Please be seated. We are grateful that you have come to join us this morning here at Marsh Chapel, and we would encourage you to sign in on the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew so that we can help you get to know one another better and keep you in touch with Marsh Chapel community and events throughout the week. We hope you'll also keep an eye to the chapel website, bu.edu chapel, for uh, upcoming services and activities and the opportunity for online giving. We'd like to welcome Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett, the director of the Marsh Chapel Choir, for a word about this weekend's concert. Last month, I introduced the season brochure which announces our concerts for the year and invited you to find one moment a month where you would come and enjoy music at Marsh Chapel. This Saturday is one such event, and it is a celebration of the membership of the Collegium, our resident orchestra. Over the years, they have pinpointed a piece or two that they would like for us to do together, a piece that they particularly like and they want that group of people, our Collegium, to do that piece together. So Jessica Lysak, our principal flutist, will lead the second orchestral suite of Bach. Emily Marvash from, our, from the Marsh Chapel Choir will sing Cantata 170, Fergnukta Rue, also of Bach, which features Justin on the organ. In the second half, Copeland's, Aaron Copeland's Quiet City features trumpet, English horn, string orchestra, Britain's Simple Symphony, string orchestra, and then we'll end the concert with Finzi's Eclogue, meant to be the middle movement of his piano concerto. It's for piano and string orchestra. I will play and Justin will conduct. So it's a little bit different kind of concert. It's about an hour's worth of music and all extraordinarily beautiful, featuring some of the wonderful musicians in our collegium. Come this Saturday night, 7.30. It's free. There's a flyer on your way out. Thank you, Scott. We would note that during the serving of communion today, both wine and grape juice are available. Both chalices on the pulpit side will have wine, and both chalices on the lectern side will have grape juice. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God. <coughs>
great thing. We offer back to you these our gifts of bread and wine, product of earth and air, fire and water, the life energy of plants, animals, and humans. And these are gifts of money, symbol of our time, life energy, resources, and devotion. May we who receive them and we who give them be strengthened and nourished in our lives of faith, that we may go out in peace to do your work of love and justice in the world. In the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Christ our Lord invites all to the table who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ is with you always. And also with you. Let us offer one another signs of reconciliation and peace. The Lord is with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. From one, you have made every nation and people to live on all the face of the earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven and giving voice to all creation, we praise your name and join the unending are you 
and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Christ Jesus commissioned us to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations. Today, people from all over the world join together at table, remembering him. We remember how on the night in which he was betrayed, Christ Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks and blessed it, he broke the bread and said to his disciples, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Each time you eat this, remember me. Likewise, after supper, he took a cup, and when he had given thanks and blessed it, he gave the cup to his disciples and said, drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Each time you drink this, remember me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with your church throughout the world and strengthen it in every nation and among every people to witness faithfully in your name. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit in your servant church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. <clears throat> and now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All are welcome at the Lord's table. Again, there is wine in the chalices on the pulpit side and alcohol-free grape juice in the chalices on the lectern side. Gluten-free bread is also available. Please just ask. There are other invitations in your bulletin, and our ushers will be happy to help you. Look, the bread of heaven is broken for the life of the world. Look, the cup of salvation is poured out for the life of the world. 
These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep this feast with joy and thanksgiving.
Dearly beloved, let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 